Good morning, good morning, all fans of Full Court Press. Happy Tuesday, happy Tuesday. Today we have a, another all-new episode uh, with some members of the Full Court Press family. It's your host, uh, your temporary host, Prince Abraham, uh, whatever name that I'm going by at this point in time. Excited to bring forth uh, two of our co-hosts with us, Brian Jabari. How are you guys doing this Tuesday morning? Doing pretty Fantastic. good. Can't complain. Yeah, life's good. Mm-hmm. Life's good. Good, good. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, we're going to review one game in particular. Um, as you guys can probably tell, Osan is not here. His 10-day contract has expired. We are currently negotiating whether we want to bring him on continuously or probably send him back to the G League. That being said, we're going to dive into this Lakers-Nuggets game that, are, that occurred on Saturday. Uh, gentlemen, I would love to hear your thoughts, your opinions on what was a very embarrassing blowout loss for the Lakers. Uh, you know, I caught the highlights, wasn't able to watch it because playoff football, you know. I have my priorities elsewhere, but upon watching the highlights and uh, watching what I could, man, the the Nuggets were just having their way from all all areas of the field. Uh, Afro Gordon, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm becoming a a fan of Afro Gordon recently. He he it looks good. He's playing well, but just going back to uh, specifics, Joker notched a triple double. Um, LeBron was really the only one to show up, dropped 25, but these guys, the Lakers, they couldn't get it done on the glass. Um, they couldn't stop the perimeter scoring of the Nuggets. And mind you, mind you, mind you, mind you, I know after the game, LeBron tweeted out an apology. And this man, Magic Johnson, had the unmitigated goal to critique the Lakers when, in my opinion, he's partially responsible for the uh, current state of this team. Now, I know he's not responsible for bringing Russell Westbrook over, but he helped orchestrate the future of this uh, of this franchise. Oh, you know, they did they did get a ring out of it, but the audacity to offer any type of criticism just surprised me. Now, Brian, let's get into it. What are your thoughts of concerning this game? I mean, the first half didn't seem so bad, right? And then that third quarter happened, and that was just like that was it. Uh, I think I saw what was the point comparison here. I had it. Uh, I had it up, but it was um, the Nuggets hit the century mark with like a minute twenty left in that game in that third quarter. That yeah, was wild. yeah. It was it was literally as if like they couldn't miss. I mean, here's the thing: they had the Nuggets had like what eighty points at halftime, pretty much seventy eight or seventy seven. So and the, but the Lakers were like only what ten down, maybe yeah. twelve down. And yeah, then, that second quarter was looking kind of dicey there, especially since the Lakers could not score in the paint at all. It was score, until like about four minutes less, around three minutes. The comparison in the paint was like 14 to four. And then uh, Westbrook, LeBron started getting the, the job done. But unfortunately, the Nuggets kept expanding their lead. But yeah, that I third mean, quarter Jeff Green. Was, Jeff Green looking like the Big East player of the year from Georgetown. Hey, the other I miss night. that guy on my team. <laughs> I miss him on my team. What you talking hey, about? Hey, hey, you know what? <laughs> what you talking about? A lot of love to Jeff Green because, you know what, uh, t- uh, I think it was nine years ago this week he had that heart procedure. So, I mean, yeah, it could have gone a lot yeah. differently for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to him on that. And then Eric Highland, 
uh, um, uh, Bones Highland, I mean, um, what I was going to say, was also like contributing very highly in this game. Jokic had a triple-double. Um, you know, I mean, the, the Nuggets are still trying to figure themselves out. But, I mean, historically speaking, mind you, and this tends to always hold itself true, the Nuggets know how to put the ball in the basket. This has always been the Nuggets' history. They don't defend anybody, but they'll definitely score, whether it's, you know, Alex English and Kiki Vandaway, whether it's, you know, Antonio McDice and 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 uh, 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 I'm forgetting the other guard they had. And then Mello and J.R. Smith. It doesn't really matter what generation. It just they find a way to score. And 133 points is right up Denver's alley. That's a Denver Nuggets basketball game right there. For sure. But LeBron, man, I'm, I, I just I, I don't know what to do with LeBron. Because, like, yeah, he does all these things. But I feel like I'm going to make a soccer reference. Abraham will appreciate this. I feel like LeBron to the Lakers is like Ronaldo with Manchester United. It's like, yeah, they, the, both of them have the numbers to solidify their stage, their status. But, like, they're not doing anything for the rest of the people around them. And it's actually detrimenting some of the younger or detrimented the younger players that they had in that system. Because, I mean, Ingram, Randall, Ball, Clarkson, and, and, and even, let's say, Thomas Bryant, even if that's the only big they kept there. Zubec, I mean, Zubec is better. But, I mean, if they kept Thomas Bryant even, you're talking about a team that could have been a 45 to 49 win basketball team, even in the Western Conference, as uber competitive as it is. And if LeBron was just patient, maybe he wouldn't have won the title two years ago, but he might have won the title better chance now. I mean, Jesus, imagine that roster with the Western Conference the way it is right now. I mean, the Warriors and Memphis and I, I think Phoenix. you gotta you gotta take the for sure win though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean I, I I get it. As a Celtics fan, we've been clowned for you know our <laughs> patience, our sitting on our hands, but like at some point, you know, you gotta understand that like at some point you gotta buy into what you believe in. Right. You got to go one way or the other. And if you're going to go all the way one way, then you better hope those players pan out. And if you're going to go all the way the other way, like, you know, maybe like the Rams or like the Nets, you know, for example, that's more of a cross sports reference there. Um, yeah, you got to I mean, 12 and five and winning a playoff game. Is that the expectation or is, you know, winning 55 games and going to the conference finals? Is that really successful at that point with all that with all those moves? I mean. Again, I, I, it's not LeBron's fault. He's in year 19. But, like, Anthony Davis is not rugged, right? I mean, Russell, Russell, Russell Westbrook, I mean, we said in the last episode, Russell Westbrook couldn't be any further worse of a fit. I think DeRozan would have been the same exact way, too. I mean, you need, like, a facilitator. I think Lonzo Ball, right? If Lonzo had stayed, the transition that he was making, he was getting there. You know, I think with point guards, it takes a while for some some of those pass, you know, those non scoring first point guards if you will like the the more defensive and pass like the old school kind of point guards it takes a while for those guys to kind of develop I mean uh I mean another example for me personally is Rajon Rondo I mean by year three he looked like a completely different player than he did at Kentucky I, I can tell you that right now as someone that watched college basketball for a long ass time um even Jordan Clarkson Jordan Clarkson may not be a traditional point guard but that guy was good at Missouri four-year starter and went to the NBA, struggled with the Lakers early on, but then he found his role. And right now in Utah, he's perfect where he's at. I mean, that dude can play. I'll take him on my team any day of the week. Yeah. But that's the thing. Uh, development in the NBA, I think because of the the way some teams have shifted, because of the whole – it's not really LeBron's fault either, the super team thing. That's another thing LeBron can't be blamed for. But, like, because of the way the, these teams build these trios and even quadruples of – stars or a semi or like you know pieces like philadelphia if you will like kind of just really really good players that fit 
because of the lack of patience, I feel like it detriments some of these younger players. I mean, look at Memphis. They're sticking with those young guys. I wouldn't move a finger on that team right now. I mean, Bain, once Brooks comes back, they're going to have a really good team unless they can get like a Gordon Hayward type small forward for, you know, without giving up too many of those pieces. I mean, they're fine. I wouldn't touch them. But that's the thing with the Lakers. Like they had the young nucleus there. I actually like that young group. I remember everyone hyping it up. But like outside of Ingram, where I feel like the expectations were different. But I feel like I don't know. It's 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 one of those. It's it's a tough argument to blame LeBron for, but he can't be the only one bringing it 120 percent every night. Exactly. That's what it is, and you can take over Jabari's fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Brian and I usually are are one and the same when it comes to how we look at things and our analysis on on these teams with the Lakers. Um, they were down 13, I think, at the half. Down 13 at the half. It's not ideal, but you know you can fight back against a depleted, you know, Nuggets team. People forget, like, the Nuggets are missing Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. is out for the year. Um, and to a lesser extent, they, you know, they don't have Jermichael Green. And they got ran. They got, <laughs> like, they they beat the Lakers by 37 points. LeBron and Westbrook were playing. The only people they're missing, you know, as far as people you can look at and say these players will contribute, is um Anthony Davis obviously and Kendrick Nunn. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's unacceptable if you're a Lakers fan. And I know Lakers fans are pissed, but it's unacceptable. I, know, man. I feel like as if I, I don't know who in the buyout market can even help. I don't know. No, nah, I don't one like, honestly, one acquisition. Man, I don't know I don't if they're know. one acquisition away from from changing. This is like they might need to go into the Euro League and maybe hope for some spot of shooters. I mean, I don't it's, know. Maybe it's Kyle so Korver? many. It's so many different Korver, issues. I can't it's, name one guy that it, they could possibly bring in that can help them at all. But Corver's our shooting coach, right? That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's. A, I don't know if he's willing to. You know, but no. either way, like, it's so many different issues when you're looking at the Lakers play. They're not getting back all the time. They're not defending. Um, <laughs> They're missing their shots, you know, plain, plain and simple. They're missing their shots. LeBron led all Lakers against the Nuggets with, I believe, 25. And he had a horrible shooting performance. I think a little bit under 40%. He had a horrible shooting performance. But every bucket he made was needed because they're that much of an inefficient system offensively. Like, they're predictable. You At this point in year 19, you do, have to, appreciate, kick, you do have to appreciate greatness in year 19. But you also have to realize that everyone's seen his moves and credit right. to him for adding, you know, a thing here and there, but his bag isn't, you know, just this, this large bag to where these, these young guys don't know what he's going to do on a night, night to night basis. And, you know, like it's, it's not an ideal situation for him to be having to be used this much for a team just to be competitive. And I can't even say they were competitive against the nuggets. I always thought, like back in the day when I was like, when LeBron was still like in Cleveland the first time, I was always mm -hmm. thinking to myself, you know, LeBron could really transition into a power forward by like year 12, 13, 14, and mm -hmm. play for another six years pretty effectively. And I was thinking like maybe, you know, like, you know, modest numbers, like 19 and eight or something, you know, like towards the end of his career, like, you know, gracefully retired. No, no, this, this, this dude is something else. But like, I think the power forward move for LeBron would be the best move for the Lakers at this point. And then, they need someone that can play that wing position. And I feel like that this is where 
trading Westbrook and begging Philadelphia to take Westbrook for Simmons might be their only hope at all for this. I think Simmons with that squad would be decent. At least they would have someone to defend uh, the opposing teams, like best perimeter players. And Philadelphia's prerogative at this point is going to want to keep Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, you know, that other, the, the guys that have been stepping up since Simmons has decided to like go AWOL with the well, Philadelphia What is the incentive for? There's for no the incentive team. at all. I'm saying that's so the only miracle they? for the Lakers. <laughs> you know, that's the like... only miracle for the Lakers at this point is to trade Westbrook but for someone They would just like have Simmons. to pray. They would have yeah, to pray it. that Philly, Philadelphia doesn't have much suitors and yeah. that they're getting tired of this whole situation going on mm-hmm. and that Joe Embiid is willing to pay Westbrook, which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite sure he is, you know, uh, especially right. since. I mean, here's the thing. Um, like you mentioned, this Westbrook experiment is not boding well at all. You know, nobody is looking at Westbrook like, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind having you on my team. And m- mind you, while you stated that it's the system that um, that is doing wrong, but, you know, Westbrook has to get some blame for that too. Something I wanted to uh, discuss a little further when it came to Lakers, and Brian, you brought this up, is about the culture, you know, the kind of mindset you have. The Lakers have been through dark ages before, following their 2010 championship in the twilight years of the late, great Kobe Bryant. And then Magic comes in. They make a move for LeBron. Things are looking more up, especially since they had the young guys. You know, you had Lonzo, you had B.I., Clarkson. You're like, okay, you add LeBron to this. this Possibly that first year didn't go too well. It was also the first time we've seen uh, a major injury to LeBron. Moves happen. Next season, while, yes, COVID played a role and people like to call it the bubble season and the bubble title, regardless, a title was still given out, the championship was still had, and the Lakers claimed it. In your opinion, Barry, Brian, because I, 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 like, I like this type of discussion, was it worth it? You know, we look at sports, we look at other sports um, where droughts happen. You look at the Cubs, 108 years, they win the World Series. They fell down to earth. And it's scary because you know what? Like like the like some teams that have struggled for long stretches, mm-hmm. the Cubs had some legendary players in yeah. that stretch. Yeah. Guys like Sandberg, Banks, Fergie Jenkins. 108 uh, years, you, know you better I mean? have some legends walk through that. I'm telling game. you, yeah. Yep. Like we're talking <laughs> some MVPs and Cy Young guys there. Exactly. I mean, like Sammy Sosa. So, like, I mean, even then, like they've gone, they've come close. You know what I mean? Chicago tried everything. They tried developing, yeah. they tried buying it they tried and it, it all. finally came together and yeah. now i mean javi baez was on the mets you know rizzo is is in new york you can um, say with the mets the mets have a similar issue to the lakers a bunch of talent and no chemistry except you know we haven't won a title since 86 so <laughs> we, we don't need to discuss the mess right now but Especially similar to the cubs one, you know they, they've been through their drought you look at other teams across across sports i did like that ronaldo reference because yes ronaldo manu back together again but what is it leading to at the moment so Mm -hmm. for you two gentlemen was is it worth it is it you know I will say this and I'm not trying to defend Lakers fans because it's Celtics for life you know forget all them all them purple and gold folks but there were Lakers fans who realized and one of them might have been um Osan who like I said has his 10-day contract has expired um so we'll discuss that more later who who kind of predicted this future. I don't think they predicted Westbrook coming over here and being a part of that, of the issue, but they predicted this future that, hey, 
this move by LeBron, yes, it will likely lead to success, which it ended up doing, but the price to fans wasn't worth it. I mean, again, the Lakers are one of the prestigious franchises in the NBA. There's a different expectation for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. The Lakers are pretty much like the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Like if like Real the Madrid, Red Sox, you know, like a, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. That's the expectation that the Lakers have, and mm-hmm. I think that's why it's different. When I mean, look back in the seventies, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. They won a title mm-hmm. with Big O, Oscar Robertson, and Jerry Lucas, both Hall of Famers. And he basically said, "All right, I'm done with this cold ass Milwaukee. Send me to L.A. so I can go do some movies, good ones too, mind you." And he got his wish. And you know what? There was also talks of Kareem going back to the New York Nets, but the Lakers' Hollywood appeal sells greater than anything. Even Kevin Durant, when he was talking about his free agent decision to Brooklyn a couple years ago, L.A. drew, but I mean, I think he felt like with LeBron and Kawhi already pretty much committed at that time that he couldn't be the alpha dog there. So he was like, all right, I'm going to go tap into another market. And he's doing his thing in New York right now. So, I mean... That, that, that's what it is. I mean, some guys, some of the decisions in the NBA are way different than in other sports. Like, it really comes down to just having a group of guys in the same place at the same time, like it did for the Celtics. Like, people, people want to hate on that big three, but, like, all three of those guys happen to be in the same place at the same time. Ray Allen had New England roots, just happened to have gone to UConn and is one of the best five players ever gone to UConn. Paul Pierce was already in Boston. And trust me, there were two times that he came close to leaving Boston. So Celtics fans don't make it seem like he was all that loyal. It was circumstance. And then KG was almost a Laker. But, I mean, Minnesota held out, and Kevin McHale just happened to play for the Celtics. Hey, you know what? The fortune happens. It, it, that's the way it is. Like the New York Knicks in the 90s. They went for it all. They didn't win anything. But you know what? Those teams... God bless America for those teams. <laughs> those are some but good hey, basketball teams. Hey, you know what I mean? To, to answer That's your question. Examples. That's to just answer your question, examples. though, um, would you say, or would I say that the gamble paid off? Well, if we look back at that trade, you know, just briefly, the Lakers sent Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, um, a few first-round picks, and Josh, Josh Hart, Hart yep. mm-hmm. and Josh mm-hmm. Hart, I believe, to the Pelicans for AD. Now, the Lakers, obviously, they don't win that bubble chip without AD. Um, he wasn't the finals MVP, but I'd argue that he was um, the MVP of that playoff run, excluding mm-hmm. the finals. Um, and they re-signed him. So and they, it's exactly. a win-win. Mm-hmm. He's, the I, best, I think, he's the best player in the deal. I think, personally, you, you, that, like Brian said, you get the best player in the deal. Um, these injuries don't come as a surprise. He's, had a, he's been a pretty injury-prone player his entire career. So you knew what you were signing up for. You got a championship out of it. However much, um, like, um, what do you call and it? The, the NBA finally asterisks. exposed David Griffin that David Griffin's not a good GM. Thank you. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the hype okay. for five years about oh yeah. David Griffin's going to be one of the best GMs in basketball. <laughs> what? what? We'll see. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what you're saying is we'll see. But I, you know, long story short, I would say it paid off because they got a championship out of it and. A lot of great players come into this sport and leave and don't get a championship. So just playing off of that, um, it paid off for the Lakers, paid off for LeBron James. AD got his first ring. A few players got their first rings. Um, Rondo got his second. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. He got it with two of with, the most historic with his, franchises ever. With the team that he played in the finals. I'm um, playing yeah. against the finals, <laughs> you know. Um, Dwight finally got a ring, you know, which probably helps cement his legacy. Was JaVale as, as on that Lakers great. team? 
McGee was on that Lakers team. Yes. He, he definitely yeah. was. So he gets, um, I believe, his I second him. ring. Uh, Caruso. Caruso. I mean, you know what? The Lakers miss Caruso's energy. That's another it, guy. They it, should definitely, have just kept him. it definitely. That's one mistake they could have fixed, even with all these other mistakes. It, I don't know if they had the, the money to pay him more than what Chicago paid. But I think, like Caruso said, if it was close, he would have chosen the Lakers. Even if it was but, like one year, mid-level exception. I mean, it's bird rights, right? He was there for three years. So, I mean, they could have gone one year, 12 million, which is what I think he's making per year in Chicago, and they could have made it work. Right. But again, I get I get where the Lakers are coming from because you know what? The perception of the Lakers is they, they want every – the Lakers fans want everybody. But, I mean, it's a salary cap sport, but the Lakers ownership isn't necessarily the wealthiest ownership group in the NBA. They're not. I don't even think they're in the top. No, they're they're not. They're not. Um, the team, the team values up there, but their ownership isn't the. They don't have the heaviest pockets. I don't even and know that's if they're where, top ten at this and point. That's where the Clippers <laughs> have an advantage over the. Even the Clippers had an advantage before. It's just now they have an owner that actually. Yeah, the, so the bus family low key broke. But real, hence um, why we go look, from stable real quick to cryptocurrency arena or whatever <laughs> nonsense that is. Before, but before we get off the Lakers, though, I I remember Brian made a point um that they should have looked more towards a, a distributor like that isn't Westbrook and and how Alonzo Ball probably would have still worked, you know, for this team fitting. I think even in the offseason, they made a mistake because they weren't only linked to DeMar, who I agree with Brian. He wouldn't have had the same success he's having now. And he definitely, like, his game, I don't know how much it meshes with how the Lakers play right now. I mean, if Schroeder got one year, five million. I know I understand how awful Schroeder was in that locker room, but, like, for how – mediocre Schroeder has been for the Celtics for one year five million that's a still a bargain deal for the Lakers considering that Westbrook is just that much worse but my thing my thing was going to be honestly is I believe Buddy Hill is the, the acquisition the they should have made and, and didn't one. make I think he fits perfectly with what they're trying to do all they want guys to do out there is defend and shoot and run <laughs> and that's that's what he does he isn't, isn't the best defender but you know he can be looked at to an extent S3 and D if you know if he were to buy into the system yeah. but they chose the hometown kid over over buddy and selling tickets again and... I mean this is this is like you know the the box I mean basically it's almost as if Fenway Sports Group were lecturing and LeBron were lecturing the bus family on how to do this freaking team yeah it almost even... seems like a two I get 2011 Red Sox vibes from this Lakers team like it just seems like it's all thrown together and it's gonna collapse but even it then, it's just like these moves that they did make don't don't remind me of a team that's saying, "Hey, let's basically run and gun." I mean, y'all y'all got significantly older. Right. And I know LeBron said, "Oh, y'all think y'all we old and whatnot." LeBron is the exception. LeBron right. is seventy thousand years old. He can do whatever he wants because he takes really good care of himself. But you look at this team. You see who's running and gunning with you? Westbrook, okay. Is Melo running and gunning with you? Uh, is Dwight running? Is DeAndre Jordan running and gunning? Anthony Davis, who can't stay healthy, running and gunning? Like so this is why I don't understand why, you know, like the Lakers, they had they had some talented late-round picks that were kind of like, they made all this hype about keeping Horton Tucker. <laughs> I mean, they could have at least, I mean, they had Kuzma. They uh, What they should have done originally when they traded for Anthony Davis was hold New Orleans hostage and hold them to, okay, you get Lonzo or Ingram. You're not getting both, okay? But you can have Kuzma and Hart. But you're only getting one of Ingram or Ball. And if they had made that decision, and I think a lot of Lakers fans would agree with me on this, 
And this is why I think the I didn't I was very wary of the Celtics getting involved in in any conversation with Anthony Davis back then because I was wary of having to trade both Tatum and Brown for one year of Anthony Davis before he just bolts to LA. That's the thing, though. They didn't want Kuzma, and that that's and, usually it's it's overlooked. I don't know if they should have not wanted Kuzma or not, but well, my thing is they didn't want Kuzma. <laughs> but New Orleans had no leverage, though. And to be I, fair, New Orleans had no effort, leverage there. I mean, Anthony Davis wasn't going to go anywhere else. I will it was say like Kawhi. because I feel like this is my own opinion when it comes to young guys that left and how they're thriving elsewhere. Part of that, you know, some people may attribute to LeBron and the Lakers, but I also think that the young guys just didn't need that pressure. You know, they, they weren't built to take on that pressure, especially playing in L.A. When you look Ingram, at the big markets. Ingram might fit into that mold. Ingram. I mean, Kuzma felt like he was whether – that's true or not, you see how how much he's thriving in Washington. Like, this man is looking like everything people were saying Kuzma should have been. You know, he's hitting the boards. He had a 20 and 20 game just last week or two weeks ago. He's hitting the boards. He's, he's getting his buckets. He's proving to everybody that, you know, all that stuff that he was talking is true. All those glimpses that we got in L.A. were true. So it's tough for me to, you know, really – yeah, again, I'm a Celtics fan. It's, but it's tough for me to really fault the Lakers for like, oh, you guys fumbled the bag with the young guys. When it's just that, you know, maybe they weren't built for that pressure because they're hey, going you know to what? There's a couple of guys around the NBA. Teams. But Abraham, there's a couple of guys around the league on some teams that if they move, they're going to become studs elsewhere. I mean, like, for example, I mean, I mentioned John Collins. I'm not going to mention John Collins again. But he's one guy. Maybe if like, you know, I mean, there's there's got to be a couple of other guys that we can mention off the top of our heads that if they went elsewhere, they might be much better. Like Tobias Harris, if you put him on a team with like a more of a a slower pace team, I think Harris's mid range game would show out. He'd be really good. Um, someone like Jeremy Grant, you put him on a team that's like he's not really like the sole offensive uh, a scorer. Maybe you put him on a team where he's like maybe the third guy and he would thrive, right? Like a team that comes to mind for Jeremy Grant for me would be Memphis. Put him in Memphis, even if you have to trade Brandon Clark to get it. You put him in Memphis with those guards, and Jeremy Grant hits another level. They may not be willing to do that, but I mean, if I'm Memphis, I w- I would rather just go for the West and make one small move with Grant, especially Very his contract. True. His contract works out timeline wise when they Very have to pay true. some guys. So that's just it, and sometimes it works out that way. Yeah, Chicago has had a tough last few. Has had a tough week. Um, they first faced the Brooklyn Nets and get demolished, losing Derek Jones Jr. Fortunately, not for the season, about four to six weeks, even though it looked really bad. Because, again, we spoke on that briefly last time. It was like 20 seconds into the game. Job yeah. immediately, knee. So thank goodness that he's he's not done for the season. Then after facing uh, uh, Brooklyn, they go on to face Golden State, who had just come off an ass whooping by Milwaukee. <laughs> and Golden State decides to turn up and whoop ass on on Chicago, and then they lose Levine. You know, again, not for the season, just a few weeks. Um, thank goodness for that too. And then they come and they face our Boston Celtics, and they have a much closer game. Unfortunately for them, they couldn't hold out late. Uh, the Celtics for the first time in several seasons, the Celtics finally. Uh, don't choke and actually put together a, a good run. Why is it always close game, games with know? the Bulls? doesn't yeah. matter who the guy says. It could be Jimmy Butler. It could be Rondo's Bulls. It could be Wade's Bulls. It, it's always close games with Chicago, and I yeah. don't like it. But I don't shout like out, it. 
to Time Lord for the clutch free throws. We go on an 8-0 run. We end up getting a two-point win. So they've lost three straight. Two of them ass whoopings and then another one a close fight. But they ended up losing Derek Jones Jr. and Zach Levine for a long time. And then Lonzo as well. So when we look at Chicago, what are are our expectations? I know I, I brought this up last week, but again, more has happened. What is our expectations for Chicago moving forward? What moves should they make in order to, to stem this bleeding? Because this is also the first time all season they've lost three straight, yeah. which is, again, kudos to – because Chicago has taken another level. But now with the injuries starting to pile up, the wins are starting to – They to might want to invest in, like, alternative medicine therapy or something. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, Bart, I'm going to start off with you. Give me your, give me your thoughts on this team and – you know, our reactions to the injuries and what you think looking forward would be best for Chicago? Well, first things first, it's great that none of these injuries have been deemed serious to where any of these players have to miss any substantial amount of time. I, I think you said DJJ is missing six to eight, but I think I heard two to four weeks. So it's probably anywhere in that range of a month to two months. But that's great to hear, you know, for their playoff because Chicago is very top heavy and not only are they top heavy but outside of Vucevic they don't really have much presence um in the post like they're not a big team as far as their bigs go maybe their wings yeah but not their bigs so making a move because I believe that's the question you asked I think at some point they'll have to ask themselves the question are they gonna look to move on from Kobe White while he's been building some value lately or, like, how does that work out? You have Caruso signed. You have AO right. producing. And they I mean, desperately they see, need more depth, in my opinion. I don't know how do much guards you can run out there. as a long-term asset? That would be the question. And a lot of the reporters that I've seen, a lot of the reports I've seen from Chicago say that the Bulls are very weary of investing in Kobe White further right. than what they are right now. So, I mean, for Kobe White, what would be a fair trade? I mean, would you want to deal with Detroit and get Jeremy Grant? Cause I think Grant kind of solves a little bit of the problem there at the four. I don't think Detroit um, gives you Jeremy so Grant either. for Kobe. I don't even think Detroit's looking at Kobe white looking at their roster, just off the top of my head. I think they're, they're fine with their guards. They're young. So they want to see what they can do. And right. to bring in another young guard, who's just a few more years older than the guards that they have. I don't think makes, you know, too much sense, but. You know, you right, do I mean, have but, to look I mean, you know, like and try Grant. to think, like, what, like, what can you get back for Kobe? You know, I understand that. Right, right. I think it's just, like, the kind of player that Jeremy Grant is. That's the kind of guy they're looking at. I, I mean, if I'm the Bulls, I would try to call Atlanta about John Collins because yeah. I think Kobe White on that roster would be interesting as a backup to Trey Young, which we talk about on this show. Trey Young doesn't have, like, a, 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 a like a spell. Like, he, like, he's the Mike Bibby. He needs a Bobby Jackson. Kobe White could probably fill that role. Right. In Atlanta. That's that's something that could work. But I think like the Reddish deal, Atlanta's willing to deal. And you know what? They need to trim <laughs> I don't that know roster. about willing. <laughs> they I are know. willing to deal. They, they are, traded Cameron they are Reddish. willing to give away anything. So Listen, they traded no. Cameron Reddish. I don't know. I don't know. On the dollar. I, you have really to add do. something to Kobe to get John Collins. Are you I'm sure? sure? Um, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure. I don't Maybe like. like I'll, I'll eat my words, but no, no, Atlanta's uh, gonna be not, smart. No, 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 not matching contracts, people? not not matching like contracts money wise, but they don't. I don't think they undervalue Collins as much as people think. 
um Collins has been healthy, so they've seen Collins this year. They've seen right. him last year. It's just they're gonna um, have an Indiana problem, like with and the then they have like I, they point, have the leverage in that trade. Down. They have the leverage in that trade. Collins has been more durable. You you've seen him and he's um, without Capella. You see he's resigned. You've seen him without Capella. You've seen him with Capella, so you know how he plays with the center, how he plays mm-hmm. his primary big. Um, his shot, he has a shot, so he's a stretch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's athletic. He's one of the most athletic bigs in the game right now. Um, I don't think. Yeah, they they go into that looking. So if they say, for example, they do accept Kobe White, like they're you know they're they're not down on Kobe White. I still think they look for a first round pick, especially from the Bulls, because those first round picks aren't. I agree. Worth much, you know. You know. I agree. College basketball looking pretty good. You might be able to get a good player in the twenties this year too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just saying. And then another team I'll throw out there uh, for a deal might be Dallas. Now it might not be Porzingis. But, like, what about, like, you know, one of those other bench guys that maybe come in, maybe play, like, a, like a seventh guy off the bench, like a Dallas, a Houston, a Christian Wood. Maybe they're trying to – but they already have, they're already loaded with guards, too. There's not really much out there. I mean, Portland with Nurkic, if they're trying to just completely rebuild and they just go, hey, we'll go with Simmons and, and White in the backcourt. Hey, you I'll did, sign up for that. You did just mention Dallas, and I've been hearing um, Willie Cauley-Stein's name a lot lately. But he would be a guy they would throw in there, but like they had Wendell Carter. That I think it would have to be almost... like since WCS doesn't hold much value, um, it'd have to be like WCS plus another guy. I don't know if Chicago's Maybe interested Jaylen in Brunson? like well, <laughs> I don't know if they want to give up Brunson, but they may <laughs> they may fun, look they may look to giving up like THJ or Dorian Finney Smith or something like that. I don't know if they give up Brunson, but Right. It, it, it does seem like a team they can have negotiations with for sure. See, I think the Lakers, I think the Lakers should be look uh if if Kobe White is available from the Bulls, the Lakers should be on the phone. But who like can the Lakers offer? Well, I mean the Bulls can offer like any two. But who who can they get from the Lakers? Well, it would have that, to be Horton Tucker. Sense. It would have to be Horton Tucker would be one. I think no, he would be fun. Know. Talking he'd be Lakers fun on that, that Bulls roster. He's, he's he'd be fun on the he'd, hey, have, he'd have to headline the trade the because guards. I don't see the Bulls being interested in anyone on that roster yeah. outside of the yeah, team. No. So the I think you'd have to headline the trade. Yeah, no, the Clippers. Like Marcus Clippers. Morris, maybe. Um, like I'm just trying to go through each team here because like the Lakers would have to include Horton Tucker in any deal for anybody at this point. Because yeah. they don't have anything else. Yeah, they don't um, have I like Morris, but you don't get much size out of that. You know? I mean, the Bulls clearly don't want to do any trades with the Celtics, dating back to the Jimmy Butler talk. <laughs> so we're just going to excuse that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knicks, I think, I like where the Knicks are at right now. I wouldn't touch them. Yeah, I don't know. Unless someone calls and, and wants to, like, overbuy on one of their guys that they're not seeing for their future plans. Like Randall I mean, with RJ like that, and like, Randall, like, I don't think you're going to get a well, point RJ's... guard that's going to overwhelmingly be better than quickly right now. I, don't, I love Mitchell Robinson at the five. I'm not touching that. Yeah. And then a small forward, I give Reddish – 20 to 24 Especially games when and, then, back, and then the offseason resurface. I think the Knicks are still good enough to make a second or even a conference final run, depending on the right matchup. So and Obi Toppin that's why might, I'm with it. might uh, take that next step, even though out of everyone, if a trade is to be had, Obi, I think, would I don't be wanna, like the first look. I don't want to over, like, I don't want to leave what Brian just said. You think with the right matchups, the Knicks can make a conference finals? Not I've seen year. crazier things. No, no, no. I, mean, Philly, I, I know. Listen, I, I've Philly seen a couple years too, ago. But do you believe that? <laughs> I mean, it's the same way. Like, there's have a lot of watched, teams in the have East. Have you watched a Tom Thibodeau Randall team playing in the postseason? Did you watch that series? I have. I have, and I it, know exactly I, how this. I know exactly how it's going to end. But I mean, as I said, with the right, if if there's the right injury, if mm-hmm. it's the right matchup. I mean, again, I saw the 2000, 
12 Celtics as a six seed go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And that team didn't belong anywhere near the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, but that's because of IT and what he was doing for us. Well, no, no, that was the Ron, that was the game Rondo went game one and Wade separated the shoulder. That was that game, the yeah. 45 point game for Rondo. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I'm just, okay. that was, that was a weird then. time in the East. That I, don't, was. I, don't, I don't view like right now, I think we have a lot of stability in the East. So it's harder to like another have team. surprises, you know? Actually, another team that can make a deal in Indiana, right? Indiana has. Now, T.J. Warren might not be playing this year. That's fine. <laughs> no, nah, he just you know, he was disapproved for contact like a week or two ago. They but might, but I think I the Indiana's situation, they might hold him out until they figure out what to do with this roster because they don't really yeah, even okay. – like it's just they're, they're a mess right now. Separate, Turner and Sabonis, they need to move one of them and commit to the other. That just That's mm-hmm. it. They don't need to re-blow up the whole thing. Brogdon, they can't move this year. Um, Levert, I'd like to keep. And Warren, I would like to move if possible. But like – Indiana has to figure it out, but I think like that's another team Chicago could deal with Kobe White, but that's in division. That's the problem. Indiana's mm-hmm. not going to want to deal with Chicago. And then I don't know what Minnesota is going to decide to do because they might have a few guys they can move for other pieces to fill in other needs. But like you have to have the right team. That's the thing with the trade. That's why I think like this year, I don't think we're going to see as many trades because of the COVID protocols. Yeah. I think a lot of guys are going to be just relying on the buy-in market. And then maybe in around the draft, I think it's going to be a very busy draft season for sure. But, like, that's why I feel like with all the Collins rumors of Christian Wood, rumor, like the Christian Wood debacle with Kevin Porter, like all these rumors, I don't think anybody's going to get moved. I mean, Kevin Love was rumored to be traded for two years, and he's still in Cleveland, and now everything's all hunky-dory now. So, like, I don't yeah. know what's going on. So, basically, are we saying that Chicago's just going to have to sit tight and try to make it work until their guys come back healthy? Um, basically, they got to pray for the All-Star break, Abraham. Yeah, they have to sit tight. Um... They don't really have too much, like, get better right now fixes that they can do. Um, they just got to see what the young guys are made of. Brooklyn's I mean, in a similar Clippers... situation right now. I mean, outside of Harden, we got to see what our young guys are made of, too. So that's what I mean, yeah, Chicago just, has to do. Just based on the talk we had the last five minutes, I mean, the best hope for Chicago right now is if the Clippers decide, okay, we're going to hold Kawhi out for the rest of the season. Paul George, we're going to just, you know, we're going to ride it out, and we're going to just give it another season. next. We're going to go all for it next year. And they're going to move Morris and some of the other guys that are keeping them at the edge of that salary cap luxury tax hole. If And they're pretty close to it if they're not over it already. So, I mean, that's really it. Other than those luxury tax teams and maybe OKC, if OKC really wanted to just wheel and deal just to, for the sake of wheeling and dealing, um, that's pretty much it for Chicago. They're stuck until these guys come back. All right, then. Speaking of speaking of injuries, KD unfortunately uh, got hurt, but he was diagnosed as a sprain, so he he'll he'll miss some time. Are we concerned? Are we worried about the Nets right now? Um, look, I'll start. As a Nets fan, obviously, it's heartbreaking to to not be able to watch KD, you know, play for the next. I think they said four to six weeks. Um, he's a guy that wants to play. Like, not only does he want to play, but he wants to play a lot, you know, but due to his frame, like you'll see KD even when he's not on any injury report. Anytime he's sitting down, he's icing his knees like due to his frame. He's banging a lot. His knees are banging a lot. And this seems like something that is inevitable, not the injury itself, but him being banged up just because of his frame. And, and you know, durability is a thing. And being blessed with a, a body like LeBron James is, is a thing. So KD doesn't have that. He doesn't have that luxury, but he does have the benefit of, you know, like we have Harden, Kyrie's back 
at a at a perfect time, you know, with this KD injury at a perfect time because a majority of these games coming up are away games. I'm not sure the exact count, but I know a majority are away games. So, you know, just to have Kyrie and, and Harden healthy is great. I'm excited personally to see more of Cam Thomas. Me too. I was about he, to say that. He should definitely benefit um from KD not being here. Um, Patty should probably have some, you know, he's been stepping up all season, but I expect Patty to have games here and there where he steps up and, and takes a lead. And also we have other young guys like Kessler Edwards, David Duke Jr. So you never know who Nash is going to throw into the Kessler into the started fight. the game against the Bulls last week, didn't he? Yeah, Kessler started the Bulls games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before that, he was going to Duke. We also have Bembry, who's been, you know, he's been up and down a season, but he's been consistent on defense. So if, you know, Kessler or Bembry is willing to develop a consistent shot during this run, I think, you know, it won't be as hard on Harding as some may think. You know, we still got, we still got guys. So I'm not, I'm not worried. I just, and I'm not worried about chemistry either. Everyone's played with KD at this point. Everyone knows what he wants to do, where he wants to go. Him not being here doesn't worry me too much. But right before I hand it off to Brian, we should be expecting Joe Harris to be back in the next few weeks. He should be back before KD. So I'm expecting probably oh, the another Nets are gonna two be or three weeks. Steam ahead after the All-Star break. Bro, when Joe Buckets comes back, obviously he's not getting the same looks as when he's playing with KD and Harden and stuff. But he's a skilled shooter off the catch, taking a step. Um, he's a skilled driver, um, not as much talented defensively, but he tries. The effort's there. He's not just letting people just do whatever they want. So I'm excited to be having him back soon, too. And I agree with everything Jabari just said. I mean, Cam Thomas is definitely one I want to see. Uh, the dude can flat-out score. And some of the things he can do as a driving kick, as, a, as an ab- absolute, just an offensive repertoire, he has the repertoire of, an, of a guy that could start in the NBA. Even, But he's not on a rebuilding team. He's on a championship contender. So that's really the only downside. Like, if he was in Orlando with Wagner, they would be lighting it up every night. I promise you. They wouldn't win anything, but they would light it up every night. Um, so I think for the Nets, these young guys that you keep, uh, that I mentioned, auditions. And for any possible trade deadline move for role players, because that's the only deals I think that are going to happen this trade deadline, the Nets might be able to get something based on, like, some rebuilding team that's looking for – just a little bit of cap relief before the offseason starts. And that might be it. And that might be exactly what the Nets can do. And they're not worried about no luxury tax. I know Jabari's mentioned it before. We're not worried about that. So one question I have for both of you. Is Joe Harris a possible trade piece? No. Um, I think it's 75% no. The 25% is if someone's willing to give the Nets a piece that they really need and and – they can come to terms with losing Joe Harris to shooting. I think they they do it, but I don't think that trade comes to the Nets. No one wants to make one of the more favorite contenders better. I mean, so Joe makes I, what, 12, 13, 14 a year? I think a little bit more than that. I'm not 100% sure. I think I want to I want to say closer to 16, 17. Okay, so there might be there's there's a couple of other guys if like rebuilding teams wanted to get off that badly, but again, I'd take Miles Turner. Why would I don't. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, other than Miles Turner, like I don't know who who wants to send anyone to us. You know? Is Indiana that desperate? I don't think so. They uh, should be, but they I aren't. Mean, they should be, but they're not. I mean, they're clearly not. they like sitting <laughs> on their hands too. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a historic. That's a franchise that just continues historically to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know they didn't do right by Larry Bird. Larry Bird tried to tried to set them up for success, and you know they were. Being I mean, too cheap. I like Rick Carlisle. 
or I write I like Rick Carlisle, but like you gave him a team that literally is the antithesis of how he plays basketball. Like, oh my god, I sound like uh, I can't even say it right now. (laughs) Although I'm I'm kind of iffy on Rick Carlisle hearing the reports regarding uh, his time in Dallas, especially uh, in regards to Luca, kind of kind of bothers me a little bit. But that's neither here nor there. Again, However, Rick played. Rick played in an, uh, on on an era where like everybody was punching each other in the face, and I mean, <laughs> and if anyone knows anything about anyone from the Baltics, those people, I mean, at the Balkans, those people are nuts. <laughs> hey, Kudos. Hey. I mean, Jokic. If Jokic has any any claim at all, that 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 side of the world is 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 a bunch. His of brothers be people. ready to mount up, yo. Exactly. <laughs> Joker gets disrespected. Hey, you know the what? brothers are like, hey, we ready. Like, oh, all right. and that's and that's a and that's another cross sport reference with the Balkan guys too, because all those Balkan dudes that you know that play football are just as badass as Jokic. So that's just putting that out there. So I wouldn't mess with Doncic, but like as I said with Rick, I mean Rick was a guy who didn't have a problem doing the dirty work as a player, and I think he wants guys to do the same. I mean, look at those Indiana teams he had before. That's what he's going for, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, Doncic is not Jamal Tindall, yeah. no matter how many times he tries. <laughs> I mean, shoot, this is why when it came to uh, uh, national soccer, you know, just keeping it uh, to football related, I was a big fan of the style of play of Croatia. They played, they played hard. They played, you know, they was knocking you around. (laughs) The national competitions, I love seeing Bodrick and stuff. They played physical. So, yeah, you know, them them boys, them them boys about action. So as we move into our final segment, um, December was a time of high COVID concerns, and we saw a lot of our usual players having to be put on protocol. That opened the door for a lot of 10-day hardship contracts. So, gentlemen, I want to know who are your top three COVID hardship 10-day contract MVPs, and I would like to start us off by saying this. Number one for me is Osahan. He, he's done a great job um, <laughs> since his return to full press. Uh, he put up MVP numbers in his in his one uh, start last week, Thursday. Oh, yeah, two starts. Oh, in his two. No, no, he only had one start. He only had one start. This is our third episode. He's only he wasn't on the second one. He was on the he second one. On the second one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he, you know, amazing. You did a great job, but um, unfortunately, we are not going to have you on again. But hey, you get my number one MVP talks, Osan. You're the MVP of the 10-day contracts. And then uh, taking it to a more serious note, my number two would be Lance Stevenson. And it's primarily, first of all, I didn't realize he had came back until Kyrie's debut. And while the Nets ended up winning that game, Lance surely did uh, put a damper on Kyrie's return because Lance dropped 30. He, what, scored like 15, almost 20 straight? You know, he was cooking, and it was like, oh, that's, Lance that's make typical Lance Stevenson. Exactly, exactly. So he's been showing out. And then my number three is actually Kyle Guy in Miami. He he came in, I think, three games. He was averaging like 12-plus, shooting 50% from three. And guess what? As of about 30 minutes ago, you know, since we are recording on a, on a Monday, but it's still Tuesday, y'all. Don't, don't worry. Happy Tuesday. Kyle Guy just got signed to a two-way contract with the Heat. You know, well-deserved, and they, they need it. They need the extra bodies. So, again, my top three NBA 10-day contract uh, MVPs are Osahan, Lance Stevenson, and Kyle Guy. 
well, I, I'm all for that Lance Stevenson. That, as I said, those Pacers teams were right up my alley for, you know, watching every night. Uh, Joe Johnson, loving the fact that Joe Johnson signed back with the Celtics. It doesn't correct the wrong, <laughs> however, of trading him in 2003. But I will say, uh, just love seeing Joe, especially that jump shot. That was, that was killer. Isaiah Thomas, seeing him even for a little bit, that was cool as, a, as someone that always appreciated him. Shout out to Riley as well, because, uh, you know, we have a little bit of a Seattle mention. I'm still waiting for Jamal Crawford. I'm surprised he, you know, no one decided to hit his, hit his line. I'm really surprised. Me too, especially when Kyrie was out. I thought the Nets for sure would call Jamal Crawford. He's like 42, ain't he? He's in shape, though. I mean, no, nah, I know want... he's in shape, but I think it was hard enough for the league to call Joe Johnson. But they've seen him more recently with Jamal right, Crawford. Right. It's like they don't know what they're getting. <laughs> like, that's fair. All they need is a shooter. That's all they need. <laughs> that's fair. So, so I mean, um, I don't. I mean, Gerald Green was rumored from the Rockets to step down from his assistant coaching role. Yeah, he got tired. He was like, "Look, this coaching shit ain't for me no more." Um, I'm happy. He probably makes like a nice there. pay bump though. If he does, so I mean that might be that too. Um, I mean Evan Turner's coaching somewhere, right? Maybe he he can get hopped back on and do like you, well, know, you know. Remember, he didn't want to come back to the Celtics coaching side. He was like, "Look, y'all, I this is I'm making less than I was when I was playing." You remember that conversation he had with Tatum? Tatum was like, "Come on back, Evan, come on back." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. I need a bag. <laughs> Why am I making less?" <laughs> what are and he he himself believe he can still play, and I'm sure I'm sure he can. But so. Repeat your uh, top three. MVPs See, uh, Stevenson, one? Johnson, and IT. Okay, there we go. There we go. Even though uh, Joe Johnson only got one game, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's still, it's the fact that he came back with the Celtics that matters. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Barry, hit us with it. So you guys have one of my top three. I think it's obvious with the Lance Stevenson pick. Um, I was extremely impressed that you know he was able to come in and do what he was doing at a time where they really needed him. Um, if you look at him now, he's not getting as much minutes because they're more healthy. But like I said, at a time when they needed him, he came up against the Brooklyn Nets, put up 20 in a quarter. He ended that game with 30 points, five assists, two rebounds. And they only lost by eight. You know, and they were very depleted. So very impressive performance right after that. Um, three days later against Utah, who was missing Rudy Gobert, he puts up 16 points, 14 assists, six rebounds. Um, in a win, in a in a twelve point win, and since then they've gotten more healthy. Like I said, so his role has been more decreased. But on the season, he's averaging, he's averaging, I believe. Let's see here, like what is it? Eight points, three and three, I believe. So it's 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 respectable. But for my other picks, a guy that was cut. And a, a, a decision I don't agree with for Milwaukee, but nonetheless, a guy that was cut by Milwaukee, Demarcus Cousins, um, in his in his short stint with Milwaukee, he played uh, like 16, 17 games. He averaged nine points and six rebounds in 17 minutes of action in that stint. Milwaukee is a team that was depleted, especially at that position. They're running Bobby Portis, um, who isn't a true center. It's working well, out for them, Lopez but out, yeah. yeah, Brooke Lopez is out, you know, indefinitely. Um, I did think he would get signed for the remainder of the season. It didn't work out that way for him, but he, you know, he's back. I think he got signed with, isn't he with Denver now? 
So he's back on his feet on another 10-day contract. And my last pick for the 10 days would be Stanley Johnson. Like his numbers aren't glaring and the Lakers suck, but he was a need. And it was the first time I saw this team address a need this entire season. He plays with effort. You know, when he gets uh, opportunity, he's big. He's a, a big body. And he's not like, it's not like we haven't seen Stanley Johnson. You know, like he was at once upon a time, a, a, a touted pick, you know, a highly touted pick. So it's good to see him again. Um, I don't know how much more we're going to be seeing of him. He just got offered a second 10-day contract. And it's been rumored they're just exhausting those options before they have to sign him for the season. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it turns out for him. But in that order, I'd say Lance, you know, half because of the performances he was able to put up when given opportunity and the other half because it's Indiana. It, it's a fit. You know, it's, he had his best playing days there. After Lance, I go boogie. And then my third selection would be Stanley Johnson. All right, all right. So no love for Kyle Guy. All right, you guys, you know, y'all some haters. That's what I take from away from this. Y'all some haters. Well, Kyle Guy being in Miami, I mean, a late round pick, undrafted pick, becoming a, a role player in Miami. That's that's nothing. That's not that's old news. He he he, he signed a ten day contract and then he showed out and then they no, were he like, fit the you criteria. Staying, my G. He fit and the criteria, but like you know, in that stint. Pat Riley yeah. just Pat Riley just knows he's that's, gone. That's why. That's, that's very true. But yeah, so. Shout out to you, Osan, for, for being a, a top three 10-day contract MVP. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Um, we'll celebrate on the Osan Abe uh, podcast, soon to be the Abe podcast. Um, <laughs> but, gentlemen, it was it was definitely fun again. Um, shout out to everybody for all the support, all the love. It's good for Full Court Press to be back, hitting you with news, with opinions, with content. And um, we're going we're gonna to ride out this wave. We're going to ride out this wave, and we'll see you later this week with, hopefully, the return of one more member. We are missing just one more piece to the show, so hopefully we get to see him uh, this this weekend. Gentlemen, it was great. It was fun. We ride out. Right.